This is the Scrum Possible podcast, true stories from real people making Scrum possible. I'm Kelly Fiday. So Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So as I was telling you yesterday, I am so looking forward to this interview because you are really a success story to tell in terms of breaking into the scrum field, into scrum mastering, and also doing what so many people are trying to do, which is do a career change from what you were doing before to breaking into scrum mastering. So why don't we start with what's maybe the short version to start with of how how did you break into the field and what's happening sort of in your life right now about, you know, your recent successes and then what's about to happen? Let's start there. Okay. So how I break, I broke into this field uh, of Scrum Mastering, it required a combination of education mentorship and practical experience but because it's not easy to get practical experience which is why i started doing apprenticeship and luckily i landed to year one so after completing that scrum master training and certification that i did i recognized the need for real work experience so i reached out to seasoned scrum master trainer and also agile coach Pavel and I asked him if he could mentor me. So he graciously agreed and also provided me with uh, valuable guidance and opportunities. So through his mentorship, I gained uh, practical knowledge and also confidence that was needed for me to enter into this uh, field. So eventually I was given a chance to work as a scrum master role, or should I say the scrum teaching assistant, which marked my entry into the field. So, and from there he saw a potential in me and he started giving me more work and I proved myself to be, uh, to be, more experienced in the role. So he decided to actually take me permanent. So every month when there's classes, I assist him, not only with that. So he gets clients that need coaching, how they can assist their team to improve better on their performance and also their processes. Because most of them, they still hybrid. They try to get into agile, but they're not fully agile, which is quite challenging for them. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I wanted to ask you is how did you get the idea to go back to your scrum trainer who's in where you did the training in South Africa where you're located now? Yes, I did okay. uh, the training here in SA. Okay. Um, so how did you get the idea to go back to your scrum trainer and ask him if you if he could mentor you. Let's let's start there because I thought that was a really brilliant idea. Yes. So the reason why I went to him is because I already have a relationship with him. So I just assumed that because he knows me from the training, it would be easy 
compared to asking someone who has never trained me. So it would be like, I just want to gain knowledge from them, but there's nothing that I can give back to them. And luckily they trusted me because um, I told them what I would do actually, because I was not really looking for a job then. I just wanted to gain uh, work experience, not mm -hmm. money. I was not chasing money. So yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you said, a couple of things right there that are real diamonds. Uh, since you're in South Africa, we'll use diamonds. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, real, real diamonds. One of the words that you just used that really is catching my attention is the word relationship. You said you already had a relationship with him. Um, and I think that's so key because a lot of people, um, think that networking means you have to sort of reach out to people who, you know, you don't have a relationship with, and maybe they're too busy to even reply to you. And certainly some of that can be valuable, but just the fact that you reached out to someone that you already had a relationship with seems so valuable because he already knew you. And uh, what was his response when you reached out to him? What did he say? When I reached out to him, he was excited as well. Because even now, when I told him that I got a job, he was like, are you still going to be part of my team? Because it's a part-time thing. So I said yes, and it's like he's glad. So I think maybe he was also looking forward to have someone he could actually mentor, sort of like giving back to the community or something, to do mm. something, yes. Yeah, I and that's another phrase that you just said that's really catching my attention, which is giving back, yes. that he wanted to give back to the community. And I know you well enough at this point after, how long have we known each other? About six months, something like yes, that? Six months. Um, I know, yeah, so I know you well enough by now to know that giving back is also important to you. Did I get that right or did I get that wrong? Yes, you got it right. <laughs> what's important to you about giving back because as you grow there are people out there who are also looking for skills and to upskill themselves so I think it's only fair enough to take them through the right process and the right steps to get where you got because there's also a, there was also a point maybe all of us we started somewhere we didn't know anything so I think it can be a continuous thing that we do. It's a continuous learning for us as well, because we get to learn different things from the people that are coming after us and asking what can they do? How can they get where you are today? Mm -hmm. It's almost like a virtuous cycle, so to speak. Yes. Uh, the other thing you said that I really like because I think it's extremely effective for getting a job is you said that you were not chasing money when you asked him to mentor you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What did you mean by that? So I think a lot of people now, they just want to get into the job 
for them for the money and not for skills or to gain work experience they want to get into that career because maybe they seen someone who's doing it from outside it looks nice for them or exciting but there is quite a lot there's challenges within the role and it requires someone who has passion and if you're passionate you can even do it for a week without getting money because you enjoy doing the job but if you do not enjoy or you don't have the passion then you will not want to learn you will just be there to get money mm. so you're saying if your only goal or if your primary goal is to get money, which scrum master job is a very well-paying job, then that's probably not going to get you the job, right? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a Unless a weird... if you're lucky. <laughs> Unless if you're lucky, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and the odds of that are kind of difficult to predict. Um, so how long did you mentor with Pavel? Is that his name? Yes. Just yeah. after I've completed the Scrum Master Apprenticeship with your program, then I, mm -hmm. when you were telling us to network, it started there. I think it was in May, somewhere mid-May, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. In May. And uh, so let's see. So you mentored with him, what, about three months? So like May, June, July, maybe yes. August, four, four months, something like that. Mm -hmm. And let's let's skip a little bit because you got a job uh yes. and you're starting on monday is monday. that right yes uh -huh. oh my gosh i just feel like cheering <laughs> wow <laughs> huge huge congratulations what Thank are you, you. going to be doing and yeah what industry it's a um, media in industry but there's a department where they develop softwares so it's a vicinity media, so they are the leading location data in Africa. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So are they a, a large company, medium-sized, small? They are because they have another branch in Cape Town. Oh, okay. Okay. That is so exciting. So and, plus uh, minus 500 employees. 500. Okay. So they're maybe a medium-sized company yes. compared to... Yeah, everything else. Um, so, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you're starting with them as a Scrum Master, correct? As a Scrum Product Owner. But I'll be working as a Scrum Master as well. As well. Okay. Well, yes. that's going to be so really interesting. So it's like I'll be doing, yes. But the title so you'll is be doing... a Scrum Product Owner. Okay. So that's actually a really good point, which is... Your initial goal was Scrum Master, but mm -hmm. your doorway into the field is yes. Scrum Product Owner, and that that can work. That can work. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you may find out you like being a product owner, but it sounds like you're also going to be asked to be a Scrum Master. So how's yes, that going to work, playing both. both of those it's roles? It's going to work perfectly be doing... fine because I enjoy doing both of them which is why I did my mm -hmm. Scrum product owner training as well last year when I took the Scrum Master. After that, huh. then I just decided to do the Scrum product owner as well. I see. So uh, so that is so interesting because, you know, if you talk to 
the pure scrum people, <laughs> they'll say, <laughs> don't have the same, per you know, you know what I'm going to say. They'll say, yes. like, don't have the same person doing the product owner role and the scrum master role because they're two different roles and they have conflicting priorities. The yes. product owner owns the backlog. They want their features. The scrum master's job is to protect the team, sometimes from the product owner, yes. <laughs> so to protect the team. You know, get blockers removed, yes. hold the events. But what, but in my simple view of the world, um, I think it can work, especially if you um, do what you saw me do, actually, or actually you did it in the uh, Scrum Master Apprentice program, which is we talked about putting on different hats. Like now yes. you're wearing the hat of the Scrum Master. <laughs> okay, now you're wearing the hat of the product owner. So, yeah. How do you plan to succeed at doing that and succeed at, at both roles? So based on what I know, and I plan on actually knowing who my team is. I want to know them very well. And I just want to tell them that me being there as the Scrum Master, I want to ensure that they build the product using the right process. And they also mm -hmm. build the right product with that process. So I mm. don't think it's going to be that challenging for me because I know how to do them both. And mm -hmm. also knowing when to actually leverage which skill, when to mm -hmm. use, uh, when to, it's about planning. So I need to have uh, planning all, all the time. So I need to plan what I'm doing today and with meetings as well, because I'm just there okay. to facilitate those meetings. But at the same time, I'm there to manage their product backlog. Yeah, absolutely. So I love what you said about you're going to kind of tune in on which skill you need at which time. And then leverage that. And you also said something else that I really like that this is a slight diversion from scrum mastering, but this is about being a good product owner. You said, I'm going to help the team build the right thing. So that's number one. And I'm going to help them build it in the right way. Mm. So building the right thing. So like the right product, the thing that the customer is going to be happy with yes. and then building it the right way. And that's, that's more scrum mastering and probably coding standards and stuff like that. Um, so, um, so do you know like where your team is based and are they remote or, or is everyone in Cape Town or how is it going to work? It's hybrid. Most of the ones that I'll be working with, they based in Jobek. So, uh -huh. so, so on Monday, from Monday, because I'll be there and I don't know them we will be there face-to-face. -face nice. It's the UX team, the UIX designers and oh. user interface designers. Yes. How exciting. So I'm guessing they're going to be a pretty creative group of people, <laughs> given that yes. they're UI, UI, UX. And for people that might be new to UI, UX, tell us what's UI and what's UX. What does that mean? So user interface designers, usually they design the, it's like the layout of how the pros or the product should look like when you click, for example, on your shopping cart, the experience, what is, how, 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 how should it look like so that you enjoy using that platform? They need to 
make it in a way that it can keep you using the platform or the service for a period of time because other people don't enjoy using certain uh, platforms, maybe because of how they look, they feel or the experience, Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all been to websites where like, say you want to do a thing like me, I was shopping for silk blouses. I wanted a a sleeveless silk blouse, but the website I was on didn't tell me sort of what to do or what to do next or how to find that thing. And eventually I just went to another website. So they lost (laughs) my business. So what you're doing is going to be really important. Um, so, okay. So this is really cool. And for our international listeners, when you say Joburg, you mean Johannesburg, Johannesburg. South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that in Johannesburg and in South Africa, that there are many different languages. We were talking a little bit yesterday. There's Zulu, right? Uh, And you speak Zulu, right? But then I speak all of them. Oh, it's incredible. So what are the languages (laughs) that you speak? (laughs) I speak Zulu, Venda, Tswana, Tonga, and also Sipedi, which is Northern Sotho. And there's also South Sotho, which is Sotho, but they call it South Sotho. And there's Siswati, and there's also Africans. Oh, my God. So I was counting on my, my fingers. That's eight languages, nine because so you speak nine. English. I forgot Kosa, to so include Kosa. Oh, so that's 10, including English. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's like, that's so, so impressive. Yes. So impressive. So what's, um, what's the official language of the company that you're joining? Since, since I'm sure your team members are all going to have different native English. languages. English. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of the international language lately. It makes it easy for English speakers. Um, so, so let's, um, let's back up a little bit because I know that you did a lot of things to get to where you are today, which is Mm -hmm. today's Thursday. So Friday, Saturday. So you're three days away from starting your scrum job. (laughs) And I know you did. Yeah, that's like amazing. And I know you did so many things to get there. So the first thing we talked about was you went to your scrum trainer and you asked um, if he could mentor you. Um, so I just want to call that out because um, sometimes people don't really think of that, but I think that's something good for people to know that um, don't be afraid to ask people to mentor you. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually mentor about one person per quarter um, for free. And then my one-on-one coaching I do uh, separately um, and that's part of my livelihood and it's, it's quite expensive. Um, but <laughs> like, like you, I like to, it's important to me to give back, um, to people and to the agile community. And so, so I've had people mentor and sometimes I say yes, if I'm not mentoring someone at the time. And sometimes I say no, if I'm already mentoring someone and it just depends. Um, so I think I love that example that you, you asked someone and what was it like for you reaching out to him? Were you nervous? Were you confident? How did you, what emotions or feelings did you have at the time? 
I was confident because, I mean, there is no way you cannot be confident when you want to learn. Because you are not mm. asking a job. You are asking to learn from someone who has the experience and the knowledge. So yeah. you actually asking them to help you with their wealth of knowledge, what they know and how you can succeed. And mm -hmm. sometimes most of them, when you reach out to them, they don't come back. They just ignore you, which is okay because people are different. And yeah. others, maybe because they simply busy, their schedules are quite hectic. So they cannot uh, mentor you based on certain reasons. And also, because I remember there was a lady when I asked to volunteer at their company and also mentor me, she said no because of their policies and procedures that are in place. So I understood. Yeah. So I think it really depends with the company as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the other thing is not only were you asking him to help you, but you came in with an attitude of helping him. So tell me a little bit about how that developed in terms of what were some of the ways that you started to help him. So usually when he's busy, I would assist him planning because uh, he he's, he's always said that he needs people who will help him to improve his content when he's delivering his classes and also when he's coaching his clients. And I assisted him draft those. So he liked them and he started saying, oh, okay, actually I do have another client next week. Can you help me plan the whole thing? Cause you wow. drafted this one and I liked it. So I spent the whole weekend planning it and it was successful. He liked it and then he started giving me more work he will call me in. Sometimes I help him remotely. Sometimes mm -hmm. I go to their offices, which is not mm -hmm. really far from where I live. It's like a 45 minutes drive to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's so amazing. Yes. So I, I think one thing that's standing out to me is the weekend work. Like you made that extra effort because I know over these past months or years, you also have a a job, right? You have a job, like another job <laughs> yes. that you were going to. And I know you were taking classes and you did the Scrum Master Apprentice program with me. So you made that extra effort. Uh, so what were some of the skills that you used that weekend to help improve his content so people can get a sense of some of the skills that they will need as Scrum Masters or, or even Scrum Product Owners? So what I, the skills that I used, it's, it's the skills that I gained from when I was doing the program and also creativity. How can I plan? And also doing the, you know, when you're doing a cheat sheet where people can actually communicate, I used, I also did that. And I, I also included examples and I gave him what the team can do to actually learn if the other team can Maybe the other party can just, uh, if maybe they're attending a class and they've never heard of what a scrum master is doing or a product owner, maybe they can act as the client and then the other one will act as the agile coach. And then after that, then there will be meta coaching where they tell them how did you coach the person, what works and it doesn't, how does it work, hmm. all those things. I love that. So you did... Uh, you, you came up with exercises, it sounds like, 
Uh, and there were some of them were role plays, and then yes. after the role plays, there were debriefs. Is that right? Yes. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy to hear. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and you mentioned cheat sheets, which are so helpful when people are getting started. So, what tool or tools did you use to create the cheat sheets? Canva. Canva. What's yes. Canva? Tell us about that. We all love Canva, but for people so, who are new, what is that? <laughs> so Canva, it's like a platform. It's a software, actually, that you can actually use to create a lot of stuff, documents, even birthday cards. It just helps you design a lot of stuff. And what I like about it is if you choose, when you click on post, it even gives you design templates that you can use or you can start your own template from the scratch. Mm -hmm. So what were the design templates that you used to get started on the cheat sheets? So I went through the examples that I saw, but I decided to create my own from the scratch using the colors as well that I like. I also included pictures so that people don't really get bored by just looking at the words, but they really want to see what is this. And then they read and it was not too much words, but there were just like so many pictures so that they understand. So if I'm talking about a software, I'll also provide a software there, what it looks like and also examples of, uh, I'll put people there, the team, I'll put a scrum master day, teaching, or maybe writing anything. Or even if it's a scrum, master, a scrum product owner, I'll include pictures, what they're doing, they writing user stories, and also mm -hmm. doing presentations. It really helped me because I did a presentation day instead of using PowerPoint because it doesn't give me other resources like Canva. So Canva gives you a lot of features. It has a lot of features that you can actually use where now people get to see, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. An example of a sprint review. I've also put a video there, the link. So during the class, they could just click on the link and see, oh, mm. let's see how this meeting went. What can I learn from it? How is it facilitated? Mm -hmm. Well, I might steal that idea from you because I am so <laughs> used to PowerPoint, but uh, I feel like I'm going to cry if I see one more PowerPoint deck because, you know, so much training is sort of death by PowerPoint and mm kind of boring. And it sounds like what you created in Canva um, is very engaging with the role plays, the videos, the exercises. Um, so how long was the training or workshop offering that you created? Is it like a one hour workshop or one day or what's the duration? It usually takes two days. So two days. most of the things and the exercises that I do he incorporates them into already what he has. Mm -hmm. yes. So basically so he shared, go ahead. Yes. Yes. He does share with them. So, okay. So he shared his content with you and said, Hey, mm -hmm. Melody, I'm interested in having you help me improve my content. So you yes. took his content and you worked to improve that. And was his content also originally in Canva or was it in PowerPoint? The content he has is it's a, it's a PDF format, but okay. it also has a lot of drawings because he likes drawing and he's really yeah. good because he uses Miro. 
even during the class, he will just go to the mirror board. And all of us, when we're looking there, he uses mirror board to do his drawings and they just come out perfect. I love but it. Yeah. Me, yes. But with me, I'd rather use pictures and other symbols that I get from Ken because I'm not good at drawing, especially using mirror. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. You you can't be worse than me. I'm a, a t- terrible at, at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I know that, you know, we used Miro in the Scrum Master Apprentice program and had had some fun with that. Um for people who are new to Miro, tell us what's Miro and what are some ways that you've seen Miro get used in Scrum? So a mirror bot, it's like a collaborative tool that remote teams can use. So most of the time when he's delivering his classes, if we want to work on an exercise together as a team, we click on the link, you can sign up. And as soon as he sends the link on the chat, everyone clicks there, you can join as a guest and we can see what everyone is doing on the bot. So if you're moving, I can see, oh, Kelly's doing this, you're moving this. Yeah. It's really nice. I love it. Oh, yeah. It makes things so easy, especially when people are in different locations, I guess, like your team is going to be. So after you have your face-to-face meeting in Johannesburg the first day or the first week, yes. um, where are they located? Like, are they in different African countries or are they all inside South Africa? Or are they all in... Joburg. They all in South they? Africa. Most okay. of them, they in Johannesburg. And then I think few of them, they in Cape Town. Okay. And how far is Cape Town from South Africa? From Johannesburg. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite yeah. awake from Johannesburg. You have to take a flight because otherwise, you, if you live here, you will get there the next day. <laughs> oh, so, so it's ha- pretty yes. far. Okay. It's pretty far. So I'm thinking like, between Los Angeles and San Francisco or maybe Los Angeles, Chicago. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the point is they can't all be on site every day. So yes. having a collaborative tool like Miro is going to really make a difference, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, so, you know, one of the things that the main thing really that struck me when you and I first met was your incredible focus on your goal of getting into the scrum field and your determination. So can you talk about what powers you internally? Because you are internally motivated. Sort of what's that fire inside of you that's your engine that has made you so focused and so determined on to get this goal? I think it's the passion. You know, when you love something, you will pursue it. Like you will go to the end until you get it. So I think it's the passion. It's, it's, the patience? Maybe, yes. The pa- passion. Pa- Wait, patient? patience? I'm not sure what patient. you Or should I say patient, love? Like- I think, yes. I think maybe it's the love for it. Because oh, when you love something... Is- you can mm-hmm. like for example if you have a baby and they decide to leave and go to live in another country you will video phone call that child 
every day just to make oh, sure yeah. they're okay. Yeah. Or you yeah. will even go to the very end to protect them. So, oh, for yeah. example, if you love your, your job or you, you have a dream, even if you lose that job somewhere, you will still go and look for it elsewhere where you can actually mm. practice your skills because you love doing that. So you mm. can't just sit and, but if you don't have the love for something, then it's, it's pointless. Like even if you wake up the next day and you're not doing it, you'll still be fine. But if you do love, you will do all the necessary things that you have to do to make sure that you're still doing what you love. Hmm. And what is it that you love about Scrum and Agile? What I love about Scrum and Agile, I think it's the it's the challenges and the chances that come with the work and also the values, continuous values of improvement and also the idea of the framework and that could enhance the teamwork and also streamlining the processes and also the fact that it promotes transparency in project management. There's Scrum principles as well of iterative development and self-organization. And I love the fact that it's you working with people. So I enjoy working with people. I don't just want to sit there alone. For example, like developers, developers, most of them, they don't talk. They just want to do what they do and deliver the code. <laughs> but when you are doing the Scrum Master job or you are working as a product owner, you will talk to everyone from other departments as well if there are any dependencies. So it's more like, because I'm not antisocial, I just love talking to people. So even this mm -hmm. job, it gives me that opportunity to be around those people and talk. Mm-hmm. Would you describe yourself as more of an extrovert or more of an introvert or in the middle where extrovert is someone who gets their energy from interacting with other people. Introvert is someone who gets energized by just quiet time, like reading a book. Where would you describe yourself on that scale? I'm an extrovert. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought you were going to say because you, you, you said, you know, you love talking with people versus like a developer. A lot of developers are introverts. I'm an introvert, but a developer likes to just, you know, sort of hyper focus. And that's partly what makes them good at what they they do. And I can just feel your excitement as you describe <laughs> all of those things you love. And I think what's really standing out to me is you didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to think about what's the list of the things I love because it's just natural to who you are. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the other thing that's that's coming out is um, emotional intelligence. Like you already brought a high level of emotional intelligence um, and you're bringing it to the role and that's going to help you. So I think that's my next question for you. How what do you feel is the the role of emotional intelligence in working as a scrum master or a scrum product owner? You need to be able to understand people. You need to practice getting to. Sometimes you can just look at someone. You need to study their behavior. Sometimes by just looking at the behavior, you know how they feel. 
and you know if they don't like something even if you ask them and you say yes they say yes i like it but you know they don't like it because of a certain way they behaved maybe they just saying yes to please other team members and you need to also be able to put yourself in their shoes when you're telling them to do something you need to understand how they feel about it you need to ask them if they're okay with it you cannot just start and telling people this is what we're going to do but you don't know how those people feel about what you're giving them to do so you need to also see it where they can actually tell you if they agree with certain things or not you need to give them a chance to also express their emotions and feelings because we're different Mm -hmm. people so other people they just like that they before they do something they want to ask questions why should i do it and why should i do it this way because i feel like Mm -hmm. i want to do it this way and you need to also understand where they come from do you want to also give them a chance and prove to them that their emotions also matter and mm. do it their own way and see if it's working. Okay. Um, <laughs> so so on the topic of understanding people, mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that because one of the, the ways that we need to understand each other in Scrum is we need to understand people from different cultures because it's very common to have, you know, say a Scrum team of, 10 people and they're from five different countries. Um, I I know I I can say every day in my work, I'm in meetings with people from three, four, five, six different countries. Uh, Just today, I'm going to meet with someone from Scotland, um, the UK, Germany, India, and Singapore. And that's just one day. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah. So, and that's typical. In Scrum. Uh, And so I know that um, in South Africa, there are many different cultures. And I'm guessing that the people on your team will be from different cultures and have different Mm. native languages. So what are some of the cultures that you think will be represented on your team? And how do you plan to cultivate kind of a multicultural awareness where you understand them and they understand each other? So most of them, I think they're going to be Zulu and Zwana. Okay. So mm-hmm. most Zulu people, they can talk, they can speak Zwana and most of them also, they can speak Zulu. So if uh-huh. they're comfortable to communicating with one another in their own language, that I can also understand. I think it will be much easier and also promote an environment where they are comfortable. And also, unless if maybe they are clients, we have meetings, then we should speak English, all of us. And hopefully they will not have a problem Uh with that because that's the language we use at workplaces here in SA. But most of them, unless when they get home, is then we communicate in our own languages. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, So so to close out, here's here's my sort of excited question for you. What is something (laughs) that you're, you know, looking forward to in your Um, new Scrum job? 
I'm looking forward to meeting everyone and the environment as well. They are building is very beautiful, so I cannot wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the well, culture during the interview, uh-huh. they are so nice. Like I've never met such mm-hmm. people in my entire life in the past months, except that, yes, I did meet someone like you because <laughs> you are also so <laughs> nice. It feels like you and I have been knowing each other for years. <laughs> Yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah, definitely. It's very comfortable. It's like we're next to our neighbors, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited for you and I'm also really excited to follow up with Thank you and you. maybe interview you again say in 3 months and find out. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> that would what, be really what, cool. Yeah, like so yeah, like what what were your first 3 months like and <laughs> what did you learn? And, you know, I, I feel like you're the living embodiment of Scrum because Scrum is all about continuous improvement. And mm-hmm. I've seen you apply that to yourself and to your own career development with mm-hmm. your your dream of getting into this field that you are now fulfilling. And, oh, my gosh, yes. congratulations, <laughs> sincerely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining me today on Scrum Possible. I appreciate you being part of our community. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to stay updated. Your support means a lot and helps others find me. Don't forget to leave a review if you can. Your feedback is really valuable. Please do share my podcast with your friends. And remember, there's a whole library of past episodes with more content you'll love. I look forward to having you with me next time. Until then, stay curious and keep listening. I'm Kelly Fidei.